Hey guys, what is going on? Welcome back to another week's episode of Alternating Current, episode 63, the week that is right before the Hellstone Lead event that we're going to be live at. And a big thank you to Band, Glob Tom, EZL, VG Minor, Halcyon Elite, where the only the elite play and everything on the Halcyon Hub at halcyonhub.com. So, guys, this week is absolutely exciting, not be- just because of the hype that is coming up this weekend, but for who I have on the podcast is one of the most talented, in my personal opinion, one of the most talented artists in the community for Vainglory that personally I have seen and there's only been a couple that I can say wow and with this uh with us this week is Neris. Neris, how are you doing? Um hi- hello. I'm fine. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me. Well, for those who don't know who you are or maybe some of your projects, um, if you guys are on YouTube right now, definitely go check it out for the YouTube uh, side of it. It'll be down in the description below. If you guys are just audio, go check it out. Uh, actually, on the video, you can see one of her works of arts uh, on the Vox, and we'll get right into it. Um, your thought process on uh, everything, your art process, how you go into projects and everything. But first off, who is Neris? Who are you? Explain your background and how you got into gaming. Um, well, I was raised by a weeb father. He was really into um, anime, computer, gaming, computer engineering. You know, he's really into technology in a way. But he was also really into um, neglecting me and my sister when we were younger. So I used drawing as a way to gain his attention for even though you know i was like six or seven years old of course um it wasn't that good but it gained praise so i kept doing it you know it was mostly at first i did it only just to impress him uh also i i imagine a a way to escape also uh yeah sort of my household wasn't very nice the following years but um the way I got into gaming was because, again, since I was I was really into anime as a child mm-hmm. for my own game, not, not not like art, which is you know for my dad. Yeah. Um, since I was into anime as a child, I really liked to watch Pokemon on a TV. So my first video game was Pokemon Pearl on a DS. I begged my parents a lot to buy me my DS, and it was the only game I could I owned at that time. We didn't really have that much money. And I fell in love with it. I love um, stories and progression and beginning and ending. I eventually liked it more than the anime. So I kept going at it. I kept um, uh, I kept uh, looking for more games that were more story involved, more that had a plot, detail, ending, characters, things like that. I was really, really into it. And then, you know, falling in love with the character is probably one of the greatest feelings because, you know, you, know, you see them on screen and you're like, oh, my God. There they are. There they yeah. are. All right. And um, the way I got into Vainglory was because I I do have a lot of... In high school, I had a lot of friends that would play, but mostly they were console, and I couldn't afford a console, nor did I have a lot of interest in the console games that were exclusively for console. Like, if I could get them onto my PC, yeah. I would use my PC. Uh. 
So when I found Bangalore, or well, that were when they forced it on me is more more accurately, more like precisely. Um, they they were really addicted to it. Like yeah. okay, we had in we had we were about eight that were really into it, and then like two of us that were like doing it for fun mostly, but us eight that were really into it, um, we would divide. I think three of us would go in one classroom, which was the one I was included, and then five would go in the other classroom, and then we would draft while we were in separate classrooms mid-class okay. because we were really terrible students. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, um, they, I, I don't know, before I got into the game, like they got into it before me, but before I got into the game, I would see like the game over the girl's shoulders that she was playing because I sat behind her. And I, it looked really interesting and fun. But since it was a mobile game, I thought it I like it didn't really appeal to me because I barely played any um, mobile video games. I, the only thing I played was emulators of Pokemon on my phone. Yeah. And that was it. And when I got Vainglory, I fell in love with Sky. I liked her attitude. I liked her how strong she appeared. Um, I don't know if she was stronger that patch because, again, I was new. But, you know, I've, I started with Ringo, but I didn't like him. And then I got Sky, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is great. This is so great. But then I realized she was only free for that week. So I, was, I thought I have to grind to get her because I want her. I want this, this character. Of course. So, and I did, and that's how I got Vainglory. I just kept grinding, and I participated with my friends. That's it, really. Okay. Well, so Naris, most people have a certain piece of art that they enjoy or inspire them to do their own work or just admire. What is your favorite piece of art uh, and by who? Um, well, there was this person on DeviantArt back when I was in my preteens, I guess. Her name is Yume. Uh, no, most people won't know the name, but they would know the headphone cat headphones she designed. That's like black and neon colors. Those are her original headphones um, before everybody took it and copied it. But she had this beautiful, amazing piece that was, and it was a simple. It was really simple. It was an hourglass, a crystal clear hourglass, and then at the top of the hourglass was an iceberg but the iceberg was melting and then the water would fall down below and it would okay. turn black and toxic. And above in the little iceberg that was, you know, melting, a bear was slipping and falling off it. And, mm -hmm. you know, it had a really powerful message about um, how the, wh what's the environment doing? Like, what are we doing to the environment? What the environment was doing to the animals? Uh, I don't know. I just found it really beautiful and then I followed her for the rest of my life. If I could meet her, I would, I would really die, probably. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, the follow up to that is art your life. Uh, have you had the chance to be taught by someone you admire, or did you just really learn on your own? I'm about to make it my life. I'm going to enter in an art college to further pursue my digital art skills. Um, I did go into art class, but the people who taught me, I wasn't really interested in it because modern art tends to be more about abstract things and doesn't, not that it doesn't have a meaning at all. It's just that it's like open-minded. And I personally don't like that because I'd like to see an artwork that has a meaning, a story, a thought that the artist puts 
forgotten, not just leaving it to the other people to like open open interpretation. Yeah. So most of the um, so yeah, most of the art class that I really had was all traditional, and it was using different kinds of skills, not just drawing. So I wasn't really interested in a way. I was really bored every time I got there. But most of my digital art skills were um, self-taught. I didn't really have a teacher or I followed anybody on Patreon because, again, I was a child and I couldn't pay. So most of it, it's just self-taught, you know, using resources like Google, YouTube, DeviantArt, Tumblr, whatever I could to try and be a little bit better. That's very impressive considering the quality that you put into some of your pieces. And we'll get more into that. But, of course... We all have our idols. Mine being Monte Cristo. Don't mind the man crush, ladies and gentlemen. But who inspired you the most? Was it someone close to you? Or was it someone you hope to meet eventually in the future? You did mention um, your uh, one of your favorite pieces when I asked before. Uh, is there someone else? Mm-hmm. Um. Well, I do love her and I would love to meet her. But if there was one person that I would love to meet in the entire world, uh, is my favorite musician and inspires me the most. His name is Kenshi Yonezu. He's a Japanese artist, producer, singer. He makes he makes his own songs. He makes his own videos. He makes his own art. And he combines all these three elements to make his music videos. Okay. He... He his songs are crazy. They're wacky. The videos are they're gonna like try to make you think one thing, but it's really another thing if it makes any sense. In typical Japanese style, they try to like think so much outside the box, they explode the box and leap out of it like angels or something. But uh the videos that he produces are very it's eye-catching. It's something that you want to watch till the end to be like, what what am I watching? What is this? What's what? Um, just what's in this video? It doesn't match the song. Is what like at first glance somebody would say about his videos. Uh, the most um popular provocative video that it that is it's called um Matt Head Love, and I love hearing it because it's it's insane. The music is insane. Uh, what I really love about him, about his career in general, is that he doesn't try to make things pretty or appealing but he has enough um emotion and thought driven into his pieces that makes it um like how do i say this like makes it um be more noticed than any other singer he's one of the top singers in japan like i bet if i would go to japan and ask somebody around my age about him they would either love him hate him like him but they still know him no yeah he He's still, he's noticeable everywhere. His style of music is, it's wacky, mostly. But his voice is very, it's Southern Japanese voice. The, if you, like, if you've heard a bunch of Japanese voices, you would know is, it's, he has a certain twang to his songs and his lyrics. That's very, his voice is like silk. I love the voice. I love his songs. The deeper, deeper meaning into it, because really they're just, very wacky um songs okay well what is it about that person's uh about his art style that you um try to bring into your art process or 
overall admire, and I know you mentioned a couple things, but are there, are there anything else about his art style that you admire that you try to bring into it? Uh, yeah, um, major thing about his songs and his um, art style is, you would see it immediately, it's communication. Communication um, between humans, between yourself, having a good communication with yourself. While it sounds strange, it's kind of very hard. Like, you know, acknowledging yourself and the things you do, or at least the positive things you do compared to the negative things you do, which you probably focus on, which someone which someone focuses on. His songs are usually about um, community complaints, community, communication complaints. Okay. In a, in a way that um, Mad Head Love is about a couple or just a two just two people. It doesn't have to be really a couple because he mentions no lover. But it's really just two people going in this back and forth hate love relationship. Um, uh, hate love, like, I don't know, it could be friendship. It just could be like enemies or it could be, I don't know, a toxic friend. Yeah. Um, but you get the message across. It's hate love. They go in circles. They go back and forth. They One week they're off, one week they're on. Um, and most of his songs have to do with that. They have to do with uh, communication. Um, the really popular song that he has, it's called Loser. And it's kind of, the, the lyrics are kind of crazy. But then in the courses, it's where it really matters because it has, um, it has most of the story in the courses rather than the lyrics. Um, he's in another song he has, it's called um, Ein Klein, which is a quote to a German, a German song. Uh, the author, I can't remember, I'm sorry, but... In Einklein, he has this person that he really admires, that he really loves, but he says he can't compare himself to that person. But even though he can't, like, he has a big amount of depression in that song, and you can feel it in the lyrics. Um, the, the lyrics are very provocative. I don't recommend anybody who's facing a hard time to listen to it, but there's one part in the lyrics that says, um, well, I wish I could be a pebble because it would be easier. There would be no confusion. There would be no pain. But even so, since I've met you, I don't want to be that anymore. And that's that part really touched me. Um, it reminded me a lot about my friends and uh, how I how I learned to cope with them in a way. Okay. His, his videos are really good. I, I adore him. I would love to meet him. Wow. Well, where do you personally draw your inspiration from? Does it come naturally or do you have roadblocks at times that stop you from working i think everybody has roadblocks the person who doesn't must be a machine or something because um human mind is like that it, you eventually you'll get so frustrated that you need to rest the body tells you that naturally so yes i have roadblocks and art blocks and things that just make me want to stop and um, throw my pencil away or something. Most of my inspiration comes from communication. Again, I love to see people, characters, uh, plots coming out. Yeah. Um, communication for me is a really big thing. Uh, I'm not a person with a bunch of words. I'm very awkward and sometimes I try to say something and then I mean the other while I was really trying to help, I guess in a way. But seeing other people communicate or seeing my friends like banter around um, gives me a lot of inspiration. Another place I get inspiration from is uh, music. I guess that's a little bit typical because, you know, music is just 
feeding your brain a lovely message. And usually when I listen to songs, I try to imagine, uh, I don't know, me or my, my friends as the heroes of a story or, for, or antagonists of a story. Yeah. Or maybe a character that I really love and adore as a hero of a story and boost him up or give him an entirely new story or maybe like change the, the season or the show's plot for the character. Like when I listen to the song, I'm trying to imagine a story behind it so I can enjoy it even better because I don't like listening to it and just um, enjoying the music. I'd like to create a story around the song okay. to, in my head. And that's mostly why I'm drifting back and forth in my heads and people say that I tend to go silent at times. So, uh, yeah, it's mostly music and communication that really inspires me. However, my art, however, um, it doesn't work always because, you know, it, sometimes it will fail. It isn't like 100% perfect. But Well, once... while we're on that topic, um, for the follow-up is when, when you do have roadblocks, because obviously we've been talking about it, you do. Everyone does. How do you personally overcome it um could you give some advice to someone that's having a tough time in the same position well i guess i could say that i've had i mean i've had roadblocks a lot i tend to draw really fast and then tire myself out but once i had a roadblock that lasted me around six or seven months i was frustrated with anything i drew I was frustrated with even the little scribbles I would draw. I, I, even at one point, I was frustrated with my cursive because it didn't look nice, and I didn't want to. I didn't. I just didn't want to look at art. I didn't want to touch it. I didn't. I didn't. I. I kind of like threw away my tablet and put and put it in a box and just let it sit there. And did, six months, I don't remember what I did, but it was at times where I went in where I was in college, so it was very, you know, college is very stressful. Yeah. For people that do have roadblocks, what I do love to do apart from music and communication is vis- visit some kind of nostalgic thing. Okay. Um, possibly a t- TV show or talking to your friends or playing an old video game that you used to really love. And then you, let's say you're playing the video game and then you see this character that you adore and you're like, oh, I want to do something for him. I want to do something for this character. It's a character, but it's still something you adore and you love. So you want to make something for it. It's that kind of thing. It doesn't really have to have a big meaning. You don't, your art doesn't really have to have a big meaning behind it. If it's something you want to do, then you do it. You go for it, uh, even if it's a hard time. But when you're having an art block, it's best to not try to stress yourself out or like to try and run away from it because it's kind of like, um the spider's web maybe you get you try to struggle more and then you sink more like quicksand spider web i don't know i'm not good (laughs) with analogies there's the analogy queen um it's kind of like that you kind of struggle to get out of it but then when you realize that you're like even more far under it you can't it's going to turn out even worse than when you first started to try and get out yeah in a way so it's best to just um you know visit those old things take a breather remind yourself of other things talk to people maybe your friends online it doesn't matter it doesn't have to be face to face but you know talking to people it helps okay Uh, all right well of course 
I think this is for everyone. It's not uh, always easy starting a new project. Um, but when, uh, but run it by us what the art process for you is to come up with your works of art. Uh, well, okay, let's take, for example, Vox. Um, my friend sent me a song. You know how I, how I said I like to create stories behind songs that I listen to. Of course. So the, the song was very, it had a lot of variation to it. Like it had a, it was EDM and it was very trans, very, you know, to take you out there. It didn't have any lyrics. But it was very nice and relaxing to hear. And, it, you know, it made somebody, you know, want to dance or do something. It was very, a very inspiring song. I really loved it. So I sketched Fox and I sketched, I sketched Samuel because originally it was going to be a picture of a pairing between two, the two of them because I liked the pairing. But then I really liked the sketch of Box compared to the Samuel one. So I um, scrapped Samuel and I put him in another pile. Okay. I took Box. Now, when I thought when I thought to my I thought to myself, I'm going to make this just a quick a quick sketch because Vox is very complicated. So I did when I did the inking, I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking, uh, oh, this looks this looks this is looking way nicer than I imagined it to be. Even with this song repeating so much that I'm probably getting tired of it, but th this was looking way nicer. So I thought I'm going to try and kick it up a notch, you know, to see. Up to where is that I my hand gets my hand gets tired or my back starts aching, but even when those things did happen when they got tired and my back start started aching I I I don't know I just like looked it over again like I paused and I looked the entire image over to see the progress and I'm like I like this a lot I'm gonna try and keep going for more, and it resulted in an image that lasted me around eight hours. Mostly my thought progress is, okay, if I like it, then I'm going to go into more detail. If I don't like it, then I'm just going give it, to give it a simplistic kind of detail. Okay. Maybe a touch up here and there and then post it. You know, it's just to, even if I don't like it, I have to, like, subconsciously, I try to make sure that other people enjoy it. All right. But, like, something, something for Vox. Um, the song that I have written on his little circle blue thing, his hologram thing. I kind of like imagined the disc, so I was like, I'm gonna try and write like the song, like, oh, this song is playing, click next or right, you know, like if Vox was an actual music player. All right. And the song Shelter, I feel like it describes it describes um, Vox and Celeste's relationship with their parents. Uh, people have probably heard the song; it's really popular. It has a music video, but it's the song is mostly about a parent that sacrificed themselves for their child. And yeah, kind of rings a bell very hard to like Arden to his kids or Julia to his kids, to her kids. Sorry. All right. I don't have much of a thought progress. Uh, fortunately, I can't give you a very detailed like um, way of thinking. It's mostly, oh, I like it. So my mind goes blank until I stop and stare at it again. And I think, and then I, my mind goes blank when I go back in. Okay. Well, is the pro uh is it usually the same process or do you drift off the path a bit differently for each project it depends because again most of my drawings are with a song that i was inspired from but let's say if i was inspired by communication 
like I see some some two people communicating that I found was really good, then the progress is a little bit different from there because I try to do my research and focus on facial expressions to make the communication seem more real, to make it more like, um, oh my God, how do you say this? To make it pop out more, so to say. Uh, yeah. One of my pieces that I did with, it was a very simple sketch that I did before an exam for college. It was a jewel and and uh, Gwen sketch because I like to pair them up too. Okay. And it, it was mostly them just holding hands, but it was what the people would, I got a very different feedback from that than what I got from uh, a Lyra picture I did before that was just her, the very, very detailed, very pretty, didn't have that much meaning to it other than that, other than it's showing that I loved Lyra. Yeah. But the Gwen and Jewel picture, uh, it was mostly like, them holding hands and smiling but the feedback the feedback i got from that was that it was very distinct it looked very tender they looked like they they really liked each other um that they really cared for each other and that's what i was aiming for even if it was just a simple sketch so my thought progress from there is mostly just to research up actual faces actual facial expressions or look up a very famous romantic scene from anime or another TV show and like try and replicate that because I want to I want the communication to come out and to be seen even if other people wouldn't like it because not everybody is tolerant of such relationships yeah I got anyway. you well you mentioned that you're going to art school well are there any future goals or ambitions that you personally are trying to work to any future projects you would like to talk about It would be a dream if a very famous game company could hire me. SCMC hire me. Cough, cough. SCMC hired T Dog for hosting position. Playoff beard. Uh, you know I'm coming for you, boy. Hire me. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, but since what well, I mentioned before that I really liked characters and communication and a plot and a story, and I liked designing them and making them. I'm not very good with character designing. But it, the splash art would definitely be up your route. I would love to make something like that. But again, um, I want to finish art school and see where it takes me. Okay. What could I get? Because the art school that I go to, a bun- um, every year a Blizzard employee comes down to it. Wow. I could try and get my portfolio to be as outstanding as I can. Maybe, I don't know, work on a comic for a Blizzard would be probably a dream. It would really be a dream because those people are, I don't know, they're I adore their video game. But getting picked up by a game company or getting picked up by a comic book industry, comic books aren't that, um, like, I know I just said Blizzard's comics are really good, but comic book industry isn't what I favor. That's a little bit different because Blizzard's a gaming industry, like, even with comics. Like, I, I would have to put my money on the comic industry. It's a little bit different than the gaming industry. Yeah, it's very different. Um, maybe an animation studio too, okay. possibly, but I wouldn't go for animation because I do not have the patience for it. I know I can sit eight hours and do an image, but I don't want to sit for like an hour and redraw this character about three times. I get really tired quickly Yeah, because it's 
I said I like I like to progression. I like seeing how far I could go. And since I'm doing this character, and I'm probably doing like a very simple art style, very simple shading, and then I have to redo it all over again. It's not it's not something that I like. Um, so getting picked up by let's say an animation studio, a very famous animation studio in France that I absolutely adore, is called. Oh great, I forgot. Anyways, they made um. The main Ma- Miraculous Ladybug is a very popular cartoon there. Okay. And they, do, they, have, they make a lot of comics. They get a bunch of artists from different types of countries. They, they, like co- they co-work with, a con- with an animation studio in Korea and then an animation studio in Japan. Like, I really adore that studio and the, and the content it produces. And if I could ever work at a studio like that or another studio in Europe, which... Honestly, Europe studios are really, really fascinating to me. I wouldn't want to work in Japanese studios because the, I don't know, a bunch of people don't know this, but the work conditions for animators or anybody working in the anime industry, apart from the director and the voice actors, don't get paid that much and are very overworked. So I would probably like prefer something in Europe. I don't know that much about animation studios in America other than the big ones, but... Even for me, I would say that's kind of reaching a little bit too far, but I can dream, I guess. All right. Well, any last comments or words you'd like to share before we actually touch on the off topics for this week as well as esports? Um, I like being glory. Thank you. <laughs> well, guys. And this okay. is Neris still with us. You can definitely check her out. All the links uh, for her social media is down in the description below as well as on the YouTube. So definitely check it out. Um, if you are interested in talking to her, you have open lines communication, ladies and gentlemen. So make sure you do. So the first off topic before we get into it um, is this weekend, guys, is the Austin Halcyon Elite event. The literally the summer Invitational. I will be a special guest analyst on the desk uh, for some of the top 16 best teams in North America currently fighting for go big or go home $2,500 prize. Absolutely huge. It is free entry for these teams because it was an invitational. They have nothing to lose at this point besides about $2,500, which... If anyone knows, these esports players do not get paid a lot for the time they put in. Even Flash X was saying himself, it's really not much of an avenue to going into uh, streaming himself um, at where Vainglory is at currently. So if he can earn himself a quick uh, couple hundred bucks, might as well. And you guys can definitely go check out all the teams, all the brackets uh, over on well, Halcyon Elite. Go check it out. The second off-topic, um, well, I guess the first off-topic, which was very interesting. This was right after the midsummer dev update, and I'll put that again in down below, is uh, a forum user by the name of Colton created an illustration of the 5v5 bay, uh, map, actually based on the dev update video for its actual footage, which is pretty amazing considering what it actually looks like. You got both sides of the map and actually 
three individual lanes. You've got top lane, middle lane, and bottom lane, depending on which, how you're looking at it. Um, three turrets on each side in the jungle itself. We're seeing the jungle paths. Um, and itself is very interesting to see how it goes. We can see the brushes. If you go to the link, actually see the brushes in green um, overall. And Neris, I don't know if you're looking at it, but what uh, what do you overall think about 5v5 uh, in itself? Is this a, an actual good move going into Vainglory? Is this a very high-anticipated uh, high thing going into 2018? I feel like it's very high anticipated because of, unfortunately, the amount of people that are quitting. Most of the time, they say something like, uh, tell me when 5v5, 5v5 comes up and I'll come back. And I know it's kind of a trolly, toxic thing to say, yeah. really. But I feel like if these people are interested in in, in 5v5 and then, you know, Bangalore is getting a, a screening or is ESL is going to be on Disney XD. And if Bangalore gets, um, if like, you know, Bangalore is really popular right now for even for three. Actually, three, that's that. I'm going to stop you there. Cause I know what you're going to say. Actually, there's going to be seven episodes. ESL is going to actually have, uh, for Disney XD, the seventh episode, I believe, which is absolutely huge, uh, which will be a Vainglory episode. Yeah. And then, you know, if, if it's if it gets like, I know it's probably gonna be a bunch of kids, but oh, if it's yeah. boosted, if it gets like the popularity it deserves to keep on going and make five v five, these kids I'm guessing by that time are gonna be already known like used to Vainglory. These all these new people are gonna be used to Vainglory by that time. By that time that uh, the popularity rises up again for Vainglory, and I feel like five v five will be way bigger since I. That's probably like most other esports team would consider and try and make their own team on Vainglory. I feel like 5v5 will be a lot better for team, um, mostly teamwork communications because I yeah. love Vainglory. I really do. I mean, this is still, this is going to be a really huge jump, especially for esports in 2018 because nearly every single team will have to pick up an additional two players plus mm-hmm. subs. Uh, for these professional esports organizations that Cloud9, TSM, like we could list off hundreds, well, not hundreds, but a couple dozen names, um, and which will open up more spots because I'm seeing uh, with the one team uh, throughout any, any region rule, there's a lot of uh, open players right now that are in the sub position because there are not a lot of main roster players. And. With 5v5 opening up, that take a look at eight eight teams, five, uh, that'd be 40 players, um, 40 main roster players that have a really good chance of making it. And honestly, we could be seeing a shift in power with in esports if when 5v5 does come out, which is absolutely amazing. But one of the uh, off topics that I really actually wanted to get to for this episode. Um, and of course, as always, this is Neris's episode, but I wanted to take a quick second because this is actually a trip down memory lane. You guys may not actually recognize um, 
recognize the actual name of this community because it's a brand new community syndicate but it is team beta rebranded now if you guys don't know stormguard soldier uh-huh they are back they rebranded with uh syndicate and the future of team beta beta is what this is named now, obviously, the leader of Team Beta, you guys knew as Tormgard Soldier. Trip down memory lane. He was one of the very first people to help not only myself, but also the podcast. Without him, I I may not have made it up as a member of Gangstars. Because through him, I managed to join Team Smurf. And then when Team Smurf... At the beginning of this year, merged into Gangstars. That is how I became um, a casual streaming member of Gangstars. So, Stormguard Soldier, one of the things that he always said that Team Beta was kind of a stepping stone for people that wanted to be better in the community and be better as a person. And if anybody was on Twitter and saw my tweet, a big thank you from the bottom of my heart, Storm. You got me to where I am today, and I will never forget that. But a few of his words, and I'm going to read off the letter. He states, this was back on July 17th, 2018. Hello, followers. First, a big thank you. I would, I would like to thank each and every one of my followers. Without you, all of Team Beta would not be where we are today if it wasn't for the support of you all. I started this venture a year and three months ago when I first created Team Beta as a Vainglory Guild. I always had always wanted to create a community guild for Vainglory players to have fun and eventually play competitively for Team Beta. If you've ever been part of Team Beta during our time, I would like to thank you for being with us and helping us grow as i look back beta i would have hoped i would each helped each one of you grow in one way shape or form i have always wanted to be personal with my members and chat with them and help them on a daily basis i hope that i was good i was a good leader and i hope that I helped with the reputation of a professional guild I was trying to build. As beta started to grow, other teams from different games approached us and wanted to be part of beta. From that point, I knew I could never go back to just being a Vainglory guild. I had not honestly planned on being anything else but a Vainglory guild, but I always felt the need to help uh, help people who'd come to me and so I took them on. From there we changed as an esport uh changed to an esport organization and I was amazed at the turnout and growth as things went on. Even though things were going well, I still felt the need to do something else for the community, but I held off until I felt that things were a little more known. Eventually a member brought up the idea that I had previously created a tournament with that it made me feel that it was time this was the team beta contender series was created with the help of t-dog crisis and a few others we were able to do three to four quality tournaments for the vainglory community 
These streams push out an average of 2,000 views per stream, and we streamed it on two separate days. I would personally like to thank T-Dog as well as others for helping out with the Team Beta Contender Series, TBCS. As time went on, we added streamers and teams, and I eventually came to the point where I felt like I was at a plateau with Team Beta. Things were were going, but not at the expectations I had. I eventually approached a long-term friend named Michael, or 0%, who I've known since the founding of Beta. We eventually came up with the idea of dropping both of our orgs to create a new one and join forces. One thing I have always said is that I would never merge Beta with another org, and I would never get acquired. I still hold these values. Since I am forming a new organization with a friend and others, I am one of the founding owners. I still feel like this holds true. With the added help, I feel that Syndicate, we will be able to accomplish more in our combined effort and finances. So, what's next? I am still about the community, and to be honest, I always will be. I will be basically taking care of a lot of the community-driven events and aspects of Syndicate. The Team Beta Twitter will be converted into Syndicate Esports Community Twitter. It will be the Twitter for all the community events, tournaments, and streamers, and any other community aspects for Syndicate, while the main page will be more pertaining to our esports side. The Syndicate Community Twitter will be there, uh, will also be the new Twitter for the formerly known TBCS. We'll be drafting up a new tournament, and we will still be doing community-driven tournaments. The Team Beta website will be shut down as well as the email. Our Discord still remains uh, still remains until we finish the transition. Once again, thank you all for sticking by me. I really hope you follow me on this new adventure with Syndicate. My personal DMs are always open, and I look forward to hearing and seeing you all in the future. Get syndicated. Lots of love. The Raging Demon, a.k.a. Stormguard. So, lots of good words. And as someone who was part of Team Beta, as well as Team Beta definitely being a stepping stone for the Alternating Current podcast to where it is today, um, it hurts. It hurts a little bit. Um, kind of makes me a little bit emotional. But... It was emotional from the ashes all new things must rise and syndicate is coming through that ashes and i cannot wait to see what storm or the raging demon and others have plans for syndicate and i look forward to seeing what they do for the future now of course now the emotional is over i'm sorry guys i'm so emotional is esports um nurse how close do you follow esports i've been following since uh the winter before worlds okay because um i didn't really know esports on Vanglory glory was a thing uh, a couple of months in when i was really hooked into it i only knew after i followed um like i subscribed to Vanglory glory youtube and i saw a match going on and i was like okay. oh oh there's comp- competitive competitions for this oh that's exciting so i sat down and watched and i really liked it okay well 
If we're talking about new sports, upcoming split one just ended. We got challenger battles. Top, well, bottom three teams. I do apologize. First up, what can we say? Um, Twitch.tv, VIS League. Ah, no one cares about you. I'm talking about NA right now. NRG versus Immortals. Match two is Echo Fox versus Rogue. And match three is Hollywood Hammers versus Tribe. Now, these are every single one has been teams that have made it through the challenger battles. Now, of course, you guys do know that there is only one chance now to make it into the challenger battles and make it into the Vainglory 8. There's no more two times. It's either one or none. And for this, I mean, all six of these teams that are fighting for either their same place or to get back in is is pretty insane um and of course it does look like there will be two separate days july 22nd and 23rd where who the top three teams has the most points goes back into the vainglory eight or gains their position back i mean a lot of these teams are and some of the players to watch are lightning t starting all over a lot of good name players but i mean mm-hmm. it, it nrg echo fox and hammers at the bottom three at the ending is split one how going over them how do you think immortals um echo fox uh sorry immortals just want to make sure uh immortals uh rogue and tribe are going to face off against the current three um current three that are in the vainglory eight uh bottom three echo fox hasn't won a single game all split so that could be a little bit of a throw up but nrg versus immortals big big team um and certainly both both teams have made a name for themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, been, oops, sorry oh, about it. Sorry. Go ahead. I, uh, I've been watching Immortals since, um, you know, uh, the winter and the world. I really like Immortals as a team. I'm hoping they would win, but I'm not very much of a competitive person to say, oh, this team would win. I feel like this team would have trouble. Uh, I was, I'm, I only like think I think Hammers would get back onto the G eight. It's kind of expected to them. There's kind of a lot of pressure for all these teams, so it's really, yeah. it's really like I feel like it's mean to say I'm really expecting Hammers to get back into the uh, G eight because I was I honestly I was really surprised when they said um, Hammers has to go to Challenger battles. Like these people, these people have beat really big teams like Cloud Nine, TSM. I and the one I thing I they... I do want to mention is Hammers is a team that they may not do well during the split, but they always, always perform at Worlds, at these tournaments and during the final ones. It is just, it's insane. They perform at tournaments, but during the split, they look shaky. During, during I do believe, Worlds, they had not done well during the split. Worlds, they went all the way to the semifinals. For a team that did not do well during their split, it it was almost insane to make it into day two, to make it into the semifinals. And I mean, yeah, it, that, that wasn't just the one case. 
ladies and gentlemen. We had seen this before and before. It's really crazy. I don't know what kind of magic they have to achieve something like this, but I I think is that I don't know if Hammers lives close or not, but I think it's a term of communication. Since worlds, you know, you have your partners right there with you. Yeah. Not everybody can have a house like TSM and have your partners right there with you to coordinate everything and to like schedule um, uh, practices in a way. Yeah. Well, so of course. Worlds is kind of a little bit different because of that, because they're right there. They're right there with you. Of course. Um, well, they are. ESL did name that starting all over from Hollywood Hammers is going to be the player to watch. Um, starting all over, mm-hmm. definitely very, very good young carry. He's also a very yes. proud supporter of my Twitch channel, which is absolutely amazing. <laughs> um, and it, I mean, the stats, the head on this kid is almost believable. Top three played heroes is Vox, Glaive, and Baron, which Baron and Vox be in the current meta of 2.6 is they're pretty insane. Uh, what I like to call is the poison shiv meta, um, mortal wounds meta to be more exact, because during these drafts, we're seeing constantly you're either picking Lyra, picking Adagio, and then on the other side, we're seeing picks of Vox, uh, Fortress, uh, anything to really uh, talk out, to really counter onto these healing heroes, Batiste, Lyra, Adagio, like I said before, and anything to counter the sustain. Like this meta during competitive has been, uh, has been I don't want to call it lackluster, but kind of predictable in a way. Yeah, I, f- I know what you mean. It is kind of predictable. Um, even if, like, let's say, people like me that aren't very competitive but still follow the scene, we could probably guess the right, the next hero right away as the caster is saying the next hero that they're going to pick. Because, yeah, I agree. Mortal Wound is everywhere. Poison Shift is probably... Is it is it bought more than... Sawblade at this point because not many people yeah. are um so time. far that I'm seeing the normal build for Vox is actually uh Poison Shiv Tension Bow. Tension Bow has made a mm-hmm. jump back. We're seeing Tension Bow on Baron. We're seeing Tension Bow on nearly every single weapon power carry because of the amount of weapon damage and pierce that it does bring to the fold. Yeah, and because of that, Sorrow Blade is becoming lackluster, and Sorrow Blade is more for consistent damage rather than Tension Bow, which is more for burst damage. So the meta has changed to, okay, I'll apply this Mortal Wound to you, and I'll keep it on you until I burst you down, you know, until you can't survive anymore. If I, yeah, you know, it's... Uh, it's the person who can survive the longest... It's then... definitely reminding me of back during kind of the world's meta where it was burst, 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 like the first person to kill wins the fight and we're starting to see during these team fights that it is actually that way where focus 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 and the first team to either because obviously if you're applying mortal wound stacks beyond belief found's not going to do a dang bit of good but mm-hmm. if you can block with your crucibles and be on point with actually bursting down an enemy hero and be the first one to actually take down an enemy hero for that team fight. Good chance that the team fight's going to go in your favor. Period. Mm-hmm. But the thing is that you know you say you have you can block it, but 
since um, poison shiv is three attacks just to apply mortal wound. Oh yeah, not not blocking, um, not blocking like mortal wound or anything. I'm talking like actually uh, being on point with your blocking skill shot. Sorry about that. No, but the thing I was sorry I was saying is that <laughs> um, how would I say this? A fountain and a crucible can take a long cooldown, but it only takes three shots for the mortal wound to be reapplied again. Even if you crucible, even if you like uh, poison shift at the appropriate time, yeah. or like apply the mortal wound at the appropriate time is what I'm trying to say is that it doesn't really, I feel like it doesn't really matter fountain in late game because the, how would I say this? The poison shift would, the mortal wound would just beat it. The man is just mortal wound, a bunch of mortal wound that can be applied. Yeah. Well, definitely am looking forward to these challenger battles and see how they are. Like I said, guys, you're going to have to look out for this. If you're going to be wanting to watch the EU challenger battles, you can find it over twitch.tv slash vainglory league G2 esports versus calamity reborn Able union versus salty potatoes and avalanche versus team queso over on twitch.tv. TV slash VS League. You got the NA side with NRG versus Immortals first off at 1.30 PD. At 3 o'clock PM PDT is Echo Fox versus Rogue. And last but not least at 4.30 on July 22nd, 4.30 PDT is going to be Hollywood Hammers versus Tribe. Day 2 is going to start off with Echo Fox at 1.30 PDT versus Immortals. Game 2 is going to face off at 3 p.m. PDT, Hollywood Hammers versus Rogue. And match 3 at 4.30 p.m. PDT is NRG versus Tribe. You can definitely keep up to date here at the AC Podcast. Keep listening every week. Or you can check it out at your local Twitch channel, either Vainglory League or VIS League, twitch.tv slash. Make sure to check it out, ladies and gentlemen. But... Any any last words, Neris? Um, can I ask, who is your most anticipated battle? Like, the most anticipated battle for you in the new Challenger series? The anticipated battle, I'm going to have to go with NRG versus Immortals. Because both of these teams have been have truly made a name for themselves. Either the past of what, uh, the past reputation what immortals holds for themselves or nrg the brand new kids uh, that are on the block that have done extremely well in the vainglory 8 may have been a little lackluster but still does still do a very very good job i i would have to say that is the game to watch uh ac podcast branding the game to watch is nrg versus immortals on day one july 22nd um, I'd have to shoot the same question to you, Neris. What are you looking forward to? I was, I'm kind of happy that you said that because I'm looking forward to the same. Because I kind of like already anticipate that Hammers is going to win. And then I'm not really that much sure about Rogue and the Echo Fox, right? They were going to face each other. Sorry, I forgot. <laughs> I don't really care about Rogue and Echo Fox because I don't follow them that much. They are newer, they're more newer teams. And what I've seen is um not is like not something i would be impressed with or hyped with unfortunately a little lackluster uh, and, yeah but like i'm 
big fan of Immortals, and I'm hoping that really they would win. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that has been it for the Alternating Current Podcast. My name is T Dog. With me this week, signing off is Neris. And until next time, we'll be seeing you on the fold. <laughs>